Construct with Clark and Alyssa. Oh, I brought my parents to uh, work the other day, and my mom got kissed by a llama. Aww. Yeah, it was sweet. And uh, I've been kissed by a llama. Man, we are doing so many throwback music uh, things today. I've... Kissed by a llama, classic. Anyway, it turns out llamas, I, I didn't really want to tell her this in the moment because it was a very magical moment for her, but llamas just like smelling people's breaths. It's kind of like, you know, if you, if you, ex- if you see like a dog you don't know, you extend your hand in like a non-grabbing motion, but you extend your hand so they can sniff it. With llamas, you let them get in your face and smell your breath because that's how they like get comfortable with you. <laughs> I didn't want to tell her that. So she, she has this narrative. She got kissed by a llama and I'm like... Yeah, I love you, Mom. I'll, I'll let you keep that. <laughs> you can have that. <laughs> yeah. But that has nothing to do with this week's episode, where we are talking about chapters three and four. Oh, you were recording. Of I Harry Potter <laughs> and the Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> <laughs> Why do all of your podcasts have you talking about goats on them? <laughs> well, I'm cutting out the goat part. I'm just keeping the llama part. I'm trying to keep that wood struck, uh. you know. <laughs> Into the Echo has plenty of goats. So, we'll so just, many goats. Yeah, we'll just keep this uh we'll just keep this around the llamas and alpacas. Because they're a bit more magical anyway, right? I do I do like a good alpaca. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Alpaca my things and get on the night bus, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Oh gosh. <laughs> so disappointed in us. No, I know. <laughs> so in our triumphant return for season three. Um we're talking, like I said, uh, about Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, who may or may not be Sirius Black. I don't know. I think that's kind of a false flag. I think there's got to be something else in there. <sighs> but who knows? <laughs> so uh, what are we... We're talking about chapters three and four today. What what happens in chapter three exactly? Chap- chapter three is the night bus. Um, and in this chapter, Harry accidentally hails the night bus and hitches a ride to the Leaky Cauldron. And there he learns Sirius Black is actually a wizarding world criminal. Ba, 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 ba. And he meets the prime minister, the, not the prime minister, the minister of magic. <laughs> the prime minister of magic. Uh, Cornelius Fudge, who he had to like pretend like he didn't recognize. Right. I totally don't know who you are. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Even though his picture probably would be in a book. So I think it would make sense for him to recognize him. Or in the news all the time. No, I, I think like... Cornelius Fudge expects people to know who he is, mm. but he doesn't expect them all to feel like they have met him. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we've met Cornelius in the movie yet. Uh, it, he hasn't been in any of the movies, right? Oh, wait, no, he was no, because he, they were he invisible. was in Chamber of Secrets when yeah. when Haggard was taken to Azkaban. Yeah, that's what it was. In my mind, I think Cornelius Fudge should be cast by the same person who played... Um, older Bilbo Baggins in the Lord of the Rings movie. Mm, I could see that. I think he'd be a great fit for it. Sort sort of bumbling. Yeah, yeah. And kind of has the ears for it and stuff. So The fake pointed ears that they put on him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you just kill little parts of my childhood all the time. You know that? <laughs> but I'm trying to give you a second childhood with this, so, it, you know, it's right, a wash. <laughs> I was pretty bummed out, though, when I found out that, uh, what is Aragorn's elf girlfriend? What is her name? Aragorn's wife. They're married? Arwen. They got Arwen. married. Oh. Who is she played by? Liv Tyler. 
Yeah, it turns out those aren't her real ears either. <sighs> Bummer, right? They're real cute. Please tell me you didn't actually believe that those were her real ears. I can't no, tell. I, I did not believe that. Okay, good. <laughs> One thing that I do love about Viggo Mortensen is he like straight up method acted that entire season of his life that he was Aragorn. And so like on mm. set, he was 100% Aragorn and would like walk around with his sword and in costume and I totally would too. Character the entire time. And it's just like... That is a, a next step, a next level nerdiness that I so appreciate. You've got to appreciate that. I mean, <laughs> if ever a person to method act, make it like the super badass king that has like one very nice elven wife and then one other girl who like pines after him. And he's like, no, I must save the world. Who... The per the person in the Harry Potter universe that I would love to like one hundred percent fully method act. Mm -hmm. My initial thought is Snape because he could just like terrify everyone all the time. Mm. But then I think about it and I think, oh man, Robbie Coltrane as Hagrid could legit just bring random animals to set. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. And just throw everything off. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be so great. <laughs> Robbie showed up with a snake one day. Why? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, Hagrid. Him and his magical book of, of magical creatures. Mm -hmm. Man, those books are weird. So, yeah, this... Uh... That's next That's next chapter. Yeah, that's so next chapter, though. This, this chapter, chapter um, yeah. Harry... Runs away and like storms off down the street for several blocks until he sort of like collapses in exhaustion from dragging his trunk. Frumpy Potter, calling it. <laughs> and then there's this line that I laughed out loud at, and that was Harry had never been in a worse fix. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just like, I I'm, I'm sorry, you faced Vol Lord Voldemort. Three times in your Three life. <laughs> and the time you, you ran away from home is the worst fix. Your, your life isn't really in danger right now. Yeah, that was definitely an example of the narrator uh, feeding into Harry's fears instead of being honest. There, There is a lot of that happening in this chapter. Like yeah. ha Harry paints this whole like picture of himself as an outcast and you know may maybe i'll like cover my trunk uh -huh. or like attract like charm my trunk to be feather light and then attach it to my broom and then put on the invisibility cloak but cloak and fly away to leaky cauldron and diagon mm -hmm. alley and withdraw all my money from gringotts and then begin my life as an outcast <laughs> <laughs> and it's so melodramatic yeah he just needs a big enough uh handkerchief that he can wrap his chest with it and then put it on the end of his broom like, exactly yeah. yeah it's it's a very um huck finn get on the raft <laughs> abandon ship find the the big rock wizard mountain yes yeah and Where the dogs have three heads but it doesn't hurt when they bite you which you know granted like the last time he broke the rules he did get a very threatening letter from oh, the yeah. ministry and so like absolutely he was led to believe that if you screw up again, you're out. And so while he's being melodramatic and we laugh because he 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 makes a whole alternate life for himself as a 
is a an outlaw. <laughs> <laughs> and now we know what his cover would be too. Neville Longbottom. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the best. It's, yeah. I love that that's the first person he thought of. <laughs> I actually laughed at that part. Like, I don't know why. I just was so not expecting it. I, I laughed out loud. Clark, who, if you were trying to disguise who you were, what fake name would you give? Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> How about you? Oh. Or Ragnarok. I mean, my my obvious go-to would be Sandra Bullock. <laughs> wow, Miss Congeniality, huh? That's that's great. It fits. It does, yeah. Actually a slob, but cleans up pretty well. <laughs> uh, you slob real well, too, Alyssa. <laughs> you slob real well. Uh yes, Neville Longbottom. The uh, there are just so many characters in these chapters of just just funny accents and funny little sayings. Like these conductors, what was it that he said? Uh, it's like Boone. Mm, mm, I'm gonna have to look it up. But he said this whole word that was just blowing my mind when they were talking about how they had Harry Potter on their train. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I loved every Stan, Stan Shunpike is like that is a very stressful situation to be Harry and to just have this person just gossiping like yeah yeah gossiping at you <laughs> and and I love how Harry has this moment of like oh gosh what's Dan gonna say next week when he when he realizes that he had Harry Potter on his bus and what's <laughs> he gonna be saying then and I I love that like self consciousness because it's. It, it's a little self-centered, but at the same time, like he's he's someone famous. Although my question that I had when when Harry keeps trying to like um sort of mat down his bangs, so yeah, that, to cover the scar, so that his scar is invisible. Yeah, like who who just straight up asks a stranger, "Tell me about the scar on your forehead." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It was the worst customer service ever. <laughs> but I don't think Stan is necessarily above it, though. No, well, he he did. Yeah. He, he asked, what's that on your forehead? Yeah. It's like a birthmark. Get back. Like, <laughs> it's a scar. Whatever. What Go you, away. You, leave me alone. I don't yeah. ask you about your zits. Go away. <laughs> yeah, Stan was so funny. Collie wobbles. That's what it is. Collie wobbles. And now he's out, said Stan, examining the newspaper. I've been a breakout from Azkaban before, as there, Aaron. Let's <laughs> see, so he says, uh, sorry. Them Azkaban guards give me the collywobs. Collywobs. Mm. Collywobs. Sorry if that's your favorite quote. I, I didn't it's, mean to kill it. It's not. Mm, good deal. Yeah, so what fun characters. And the whole night bus thing. Um... Though it is interesting that Harry saw a death omen. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Giant scary bear thing. Yeah, what do you think that was? Well, it's a death omen. Duh. No. Duh. <laughs> we find that out Harry in the gonna die. next chapter. Uh, yeah. Is it? Okay, okay. Does the mirror start talking to Harry in chapter three? You'll have to remind no, me. No, that's chapter four. Okay. I love the talking mirror. It's okay. great. It's neat. Okay, we'll save that for chapter four. Um, the night bus thing though okay so you summon a night bus by raising your wand raising your wand hand i guess and that's it's sort it? of like uh hailing Alien. a taxi yeah yeah um which 
Harry does accidentally by tripping. It, it seems like it should be a very easy, like, the night bus should appear all the time. Oh, just constantly. <laughs> like, yeah. You go to, like, put your jacket on and you put your hand through that first sleeve and all of a sudden, night bus, you know? Yeah. I guess you have to be holding your wand Suddenly no? night bus. <laughs> Suddenly night bus. <laughs> We're all night bus, Alyssa. <laughs> The night bus, though, it's, it's, um, where, okay, so this, in terms of world building, we're starting to understand, like, why it is that wizards don't understand the, like, cars and the usefulness of cars. Because, like, if you can just summon the night bus just instantly and just say where you're going to go and you'll be there within, like, a couple hours, why would you get a car? You know, half the trouble with trains is uh, you have to go to the train station and you have to load all your stuff up and it's annoying and then you have to wait and then. But like the night bus, like, shoot, no wonder they don't have cars. No wonder they can just I don't know. I don't know. It makes sense from a world building thing. I I think the the car equivalent or, or the car bus personal transport equivalent in the wizarding world is flu powder, flu powder and a broom. I'm curious how much stuff you can carry with you while using flu powder. Is it just anything that's in the fireplace? I think you have to hang on to whatever it is. Okay. Um, so it's subway rules then. Whatever yeah. you can carry. Yeah. All right. It's uh, it's sort of... And, and I mean, it, yeah, it doesn't function the same way mm-hmm. as, as a car. But I think that's your, like, self-directed, you go where you want. You don't have to get in line behind everyone else who was on the night bus before you. The the night bus clearly doesn't do like a standard route because they asked no. him once yeah. everyone else was gone where in London are you going so they tailor their route to in order of who's on the bus and where they're going. Um, this I wonder if if the night bus was sort of a a part of a Muggle Renaissance, if you will, of of adopting some muggle technology Mm. um because it's it's very it feels very like like we've adapted this technology into what we need it to be but we're really not very good at using it like he's a terrible driver and the people on the bus are sick to their stomach yeah the idea is you know it's you could sleep on the bus, but Harry's like, I, there's no way, there's no way I could yeah, sleep on no, this he's super because uncomfortable. it's just jolting you around and it's bonkers. And it's like, it's, it's like flying Ryanair. <laughs> it's like, yes, we're, exactly. We're going to yeah. make it look like it has all these amenities, but when it comes down to it, it's quick and dirty mm-hmm, travel. Mm-hmm. It gets you there. That's for sure. With some really crappy amenities. Yeah. No, and you're peanuts. gonna feel sick to your stomach the whole time. <laughs> Slight sidebar: uh, Last time I was on a plane, they offered a yogurt bar, which I think was like gluten free. Yeah, and it was kind of like a kind of like a little granola bar, but with a, a yogurt coating. Have you had those yet? No, like, you haven't flown in a while. Like a bar? Like mm-hmm. yeah, or- it's like a little. It's about half the size of a standard granola bar. Um, I've had things like that. Okay, I guess you just flew down to Harry Potter World or something, but in an airplane. No, you had something like that. Mm, no, oh, I great. had like sort of party mix kind of things, mm. and I've had little like 
cookies. Yeah, I like the cookies. Little shortbread. Yeah, those. Ooh, Stroop waffle. Mm -hmm. Like straight up caramel cookie waffle. Stroop waffle. Yeah. On an airplane. I've I, yeah I've had ones that have like little mini Stroop waffles. I like want to go where that is. Trying to remember Watch what we flew. Take me. I think we flew Delta. Mm, I like Delta. Anyway, sorry, sidebar. Anyway. Yeah, Ryanair, Nightbus. Um, right. Nightbus doesn't use tracks, though, right? No? No, it's a it's a bus. Why does Hogwarts Express need a track again? Remind me. Because <laughs> it's a train? Yeah, but it's a magical train. The bus doesn't need a road. It arguably doesn't, because mm. remember we talked about, like... Why Why does no muggle notice in, like, an oh, airplane or yeah. something that this train is leaving semi-regularly? You'd think. You'd think. Muggles are funny. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, one thing that I like about the night bus, though, is, like, so it, it's not really a car-level autom- autonomy, but it's not really bus-level public transit. It's no. sort of like taxi level, um, and they they call it emergency transport for the stranded wizard, mm-hmm. stranded witcher wizard. And I, I I think growing up I didn't quite piece together night bus spelled with a K. Like I would kind of like breeze by the night bus and in my mind like change it to nighttime night bus. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, but reading it now, I, I look at it and I'm like, oh, it's, it's there. It's a, that's a clever play. I like it. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's the, the savior transport. Yeah. It's the, it's the Uber during surge hour where you're like, I don't want to pay for this, but I really don't want to be standing out in the rain. <sighs> Night bus it is though. Yeah. So I guess, okay. Do they charge Harry Potter by the way? They do. Okay. He so, pays for hot chocolate, but he never gets it. <laughs> oh, he gets it. Uh, spilled all over oh, his pillow. Oh, yeah, it spills. So, no, he doesn't really get it. Um, okay. So, night bus comes to save people like a night. How can it tell if they're stranded? Is it just that you would only put out your wand and hail it if you were stranded? Yeah, I, I think part of that probably is, like, you, you kind of don't ask for it. Unless you're really stranded. Like, yeah. if given a better option, you're probably going to pick a better option. Makes sense. Like, flu powder, I, I think, isn't that expensive. Like, there there are affordable transportation options in the wizarding world. Mm-hmm. And, and this is, like, it, it's not required that you're stranded. It's just that's that's who they're marketing toward. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a typical gypsy cab thing. I wonder if um, if Ern is a terrible driver <laughs> uh-huh. because like the bus is bewitched to force things out of the way, mm. or is the bus bewitched to force things out of the way because, because none of these people have ever taken driver's ed? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting contingency plan of everything... <laughs> Bouncing out of the way. And at first I'm like, maybe this is some kind of illusion because like how on Yeah, maybe. Maybe maybe the bus is like squishing around things in reality. Yeah. And they're they're the ones that are responding to the world rather than the other way around. See no matter how I you know, tried to compute it, like 
that requires a lot of magic. Mm -hmm. Whether you're resizing everything or whether you're making things move out of the way, like that is some powerful stuff. Just to move a tree aside, what? What? <laughs> like that is some next level. An entire barn? Yeah. <laughs> that happened? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It's really funny house. imagery. Uh, I have a feeling we won't see any of that in the movie. It kind of seems like an unnecessary use of budget. Um, but we'll see. <sighs> but I think it'd be fun and it'd be fun if they could do it. But I think in terms of just budgeting time and CGI resources, that doesn't seem important enough to make the cut. But we are way too early in the season. You're to in talk chapter about three, <laughs> so you don't even know what CGI import there is yet to come. Mm, no giant spiders this time around, so that'll save them. How do you know? Oh, that's a good point. They could have Aragog come and maybe Aragog's the prisoner, you know? Yeah, they have him locked away. I, I wouldn't write off anything that you've learned so far. He ate a kid once. Yeah. <laughs> Put him in Azkaban, yeah. <laughs> Aragog. <laughs> anyway, uh, Cornelius Fudge is a bumbling, bumbling person. And he was so surprised that Harry knew that Sirius Black was out. Because Harry, which I like the stones on this kid, by the way, because Harry's like, how's that whole thing with Sirius Black going? <laughs> he is so sassy. I love sassy Harry. It's, it's great. great. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> And and Cornelius is like, uh, not so good. You're not like, supposed to know about that. Yeah. I was hoping with the 13-year-old I'd be off the hook for answering the questions. <laughs> so good. That whole scene. And then Harry just gets off scot-free pretty much at the end. <sighs> Harry, Harry, Harry. He's never going to get dispelled. Nobody is. Um, Maybe a side character would for something insignificant. but mm. Yeah. Mm. So um, the the journalist in me mm-hmm. seriously rejected the Daily Prophet article that we read <laughs> about Sirius Black. Yes, with the with the definition of what a gun is. Yes, which was yeah. awesome. It was pretty funny. <laughs> um, I I know a lot of very conservative gun owner, owners who would take issue with that definition. Hey, well, <laughs> but it is the UK, which gun crime is pretty rare over there so a lot of knifings over there yeah Mm. um gun regulation is much much more stringent but like and they have less shootings coincidence anyway from a well yeah but they have more knifings (laughs) (laughs) this is true people want to kill themselves or each other they'll do it yeah nature uh finds a way yeah but um I was reading through the, this this story on how Sirius Black is is still on the loose. I think is is the headline. Or mm-hmm. let me find it. Frantic page flipping. Flip flip flip. That's not right. That's not right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Black still at large. So like your news is that nothing has changed. <laughs> Which is already terrible. Put it on the front page. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and then, like, they start their lead. Their lead is Sirius Black, possibly the most infamous prisoner ever to be held in Azkaban Fortress, is still eluding capture. Like, okay. Mm. I let, now remember why I blocked this out. Let's talk about slanted reporting. <laughs> It's like the the Daily Prophet is fake news, <laughs> and it's yep. maddening 
because I'm like, man, the the in my job, if we called anyone infamous, I think they would burn the building down. <laughs> like, yep, yep. Let's 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 color it. And and there's so much there's so much slanted language in this of um, Cornelius Fudge. Let's see. Uh, he's Cornelius, Cornelius Fudge is irritable mm. in one of his responses, um, <laughs> and he uh, he says we beg the magical community to remain calm. So, like, clearly Cornelius Fudge does not have a solid handle on this mental state of his community. Yeah, he's no. On the record, begging people to calm down. Not a good sign. <laughs> like, not a good. <laughs> He and and then there's and then the fact that Sirius Black murdered 13 people with a single curse is the last line of the story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's real bad. What's the, what's the phrase that uh, I learned this in school? It's like dead. Mm. There's a rhyme that they use that pretty much says name the number of dead people first. Do you remember that? Um, there's, there's the, the sort of rhyme of if it bleeds, it leads. There we go. If it bleeds, it leads. There we go. Um, which granted that's like, that's 12 year old news, but that's your background. Like you've started with painting this guy as possibly the most infamous Mm -hmm. prisoner ever to have been in Azkaban. Infamous for what? Like if I'm (laughs) like a, a British transplant or if I'm someone who wasn't alive at that point. Mm hmm. Why why is he so famous? It's like that old saying uh every day someone's born who's never seen the Flintstones, right? So, and instead of getting to that somewhere like maybe in the fourth paragraph, mm-hmm. that, that would be a good place to yeah, put that background. Put the nut just kind of in there somewhere. Instead in the fourth pack paragraph, you have this stunning quote from Cornelius Pud- Fudge. Well, really, I had to, don't you know? <laughs> Riveting. You learned a Ladies lot there. Gentlemen, riveting. Learned a lot. <laughs> Mm. So my reporter mind was like unleashing a firestorm on this story. (laughs) Like, no, stop. Mm. Which, to be fair, J.K. Rowling is not a reporter. No, no. And I'm not sure the Daily Prophet is really a stellar publication. It's the lead publication Mm. of the Wizarding World. It's the CNN. But that doesn't mean that it's great reporting. It's the CNN. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> yeah so that, that whole thing very funny it, it's funny because i was reading and i really did want to know who Sirius mm-hmm. was and the fact that i was reading this article and i'm like why am i getting nothing from this <laughs> like what is the deal like tell me about this person <sighs> yeah it's it's unfortunately like a news clipping used as an exposition bot mm-hmm but the exposition is so like it's it's making you wait and making you wait and mm. and maybe i mean the wizarding world is so behind the muggle world in in understanding well in in technological advances perhaps they're also behind the muggle muggle world in understanding how a reader reads a story yeah <laughs> of like they do not follow the inverted pyramid which this is getting a little wonky into the journalism mm, thing mm-hmm. but um <laughs> but perhaps that's indicative of a greater trend in the wizarding world of we're we're behind in our understanding of 
human nature, really. Yeah, and I think there's just way less desire for conciseness and quickness in the wizard world. Yeah, I there's... feel like every every explanation is a bit lengthier. Everything is a bit... They, they really want you to chew on stuff. Everything sort of has some extra filigree on it. Yeah, yeah. Which is... Part of me wonders if that's just how J.K. Rowling knows how to write and prefers to write so she just makes the whole world like that like is she incapable of writing just something that's short and concise and doesn't have a little bit of like i don't i don't know i don't know how much of this is her and how much of this is the world and if there's really even a difference or if there even needs to be a difference i uh from where i'm standing i believe that um i don't know if she's capable of writing a news story mm. not a lot of people are and once you actually sit down to do it it's hard um, Listeners at home may be thinking to themselves, anyone could do that. No, no. It's, it's I'll, uh, I'll talk you off about how hard yeah. it is. Um, but I, so I'm, I'm not saying that she can or can't do that, but I do believe that what she has given us in this chapter tells us something about how wizards get their news, mm-hmm. how it's filtered through an opinion mm-hmm. and how it, delays the facts and puts a lot of the attitude higher the, higher up than the facts yeah. and gives a lot of throwaway quotes and and let lets people in power say things unchallenged hmm. it is the cnn it's of- terrifying <laughs> it's it's and that this is their lead news organization so it's concerning hmm. but that tells me a lot as with with my background of how this world is informed. Yeah. It makes a lot more sense as to why they are so superstitious and why rumors can just live for so, 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 so long. Yeah, you could dispel a lot of facts with news, but instead they open with the rumor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And Sirius Black is on the loose, and now there are death omens, which we saw. We we already talked about this, didn't we? Uh, You said briefly that... Death it was omen. a death omen. <laughs> it was a death omen. Uh, Harry, Harry saw a a large black something big with wide eyes. I can picture it in my head, though. Like, exactly. Really? Mm-hmm. You've seen death? I mean, what was your favorite quote this chapter? <laughs> favorite them. quotes. Favorite quotes. Um, My favorite quote was on page 36. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. Oh, it's, it's when Harry's talking about just like, he's trying to understand how this night bus thing even works. Like, and don't sell the muggles. Um, I, sorry. How come the muggles don't hear the bus? Said Harry. Them, said Stan contemptuously. Don't listen properly, do they? Don't look properly either. Notice, never notice nothing, don't they? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Mm. Never notice nothing, they don't. Never notice nothing. Nothing lasts forever, they say. And I just, I, I love that. Um, I mean, that we, we've sort of seen this with like the Linky Cauldron and the Philosopher's Stone where Harry almost walks by the pub because it's bewitched to be not noticeable. And clearly the night bus is bewitched to be really not noticeable because it's trying really hard to be noticeable. Mm. <laughs> and um, even in like its coloring of violently purple. <laughs> Violent. I love that. <laughs> That's uh-huh. so great. 
Um, but yeah, they they just muggles don't like seeing things that they don't expect. Seems to be the trend, and I I get that. But I I loved I loved the way that this book brought that into our understanding. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. How about you, Clark? Thank you. Uh, mine was on <clears throat> page forty-one. I feel like my mic just got quieter. I'm talking. because you bumped it. There we go. <clears throat> anyway, mine is on page 41. And we kind of talked about this. Wait. There we go. <clears throat> After a while, Stan remembered that Harry had paid for hot chocolate, but poured it all over Harry's pillow when the bus moved abruptly from Angelese to Aberdeen. <sighs> I don't know why I like this, but okay. So, so I tend to get into stages where I just find myself just kind of wandering. I used to go on a lot of walks at night and I'll probably start now that I'm in a different neighborhood. Um, but like, it was pretty common for me to just kind of wander to like a diner type place and just get like coffee or something like that. And then just kind of like, just sit there and just kind of think and sip coffee and, talk to the waitress but <clears throat> I, I feel like that's kind of where harry's at now where he's just kind of in this weird transitionary phase there's nothing he can really do except just kind of wait for whatever's happening to happen uh so he orders hot chocolate and he's sitting there in his mind thing and of course his hot chocolate's late because of course it is and of course when it comes it gets poured all over his pillow because he's already in this crummy mood he's already having a long bad night so of course of course the hot chocolate gets spilled on his pillow. It's just kind of one of those like pile on things where it's like, I've totally been there where you're just like already having a weird night. And then you go somewhere and just all these bad things happen and you drop your whatever and spill it. And you're just like, yep. Okay. One of those nights. Got it. I'm going to go home and go to bed. So this day can just be over. I would just desperately love to pull the plug on it and call it quits. (laughs) Except for I'm on this high speed teleporting bus and i'm here and (laughs) i'm still expected to tip because that's what you do right so yeah um it's just i've totally been there it happened to me once where i i was at a restaurant and i was talking to i don't maybe you were there we were at a perkins but i was talking to like a homeless guy and he pulled a bottle of wine out of his jacket and started drinking from this bottle of wine but it was like the 1.5 liter big bottles and he's talking and he's kind of like, and then he drops the bottle of wine. It lands, the base of the wine bottle lands flat on the floor. So all the wine in it sprays out of the top oh, like a fountain. Brutal. Yeah. And a lot of it gets on me. And I was wearing like khakis and a button up. And I'm just like, well, this conversation's over. <laughs> And, like, the server, like, didn't even, I I think she was probably just so mortified because, like, I was already kind of being hassled by a homeless guy, which, whatever, I'm a big boy, I'm fine. But, like, not only am I being hassled as her customer, but then I get wine spilled all over me as her customer. And I think she was just, like, so didn't know what to say that she's just like, sorry. But it was literally, she's just like, oh, sorry. I'm just like, yeah, can I get, like, a towel or something? (laughs) can't help a brother out give me a towel (laughs) but it's kind of one of those nights um where it's just like yeah of course i get wine spilled on me by this random person (laughs) like of course anyway so i i totally relate to 
that uh, that feeling. And I don't know why I liked that, but <laughs> I guess it's just one of those rare moments of, of J.K. Rowling showing it's like, oh, wait, no, she's not necessarily like a happy person, especially at this time of her life, where it's like, yeah, she was finding success and stuff, but she still had some things to deal with. And she was very rooted with the idea of just having a rough day. Oh, yeah. She's still human. you know. I mean, she she had a very, very rough life mm-hmm. pre-Harry Potter, too. And so if, if anyone probably understands where Harry's at. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 Joanne. So I like that. I feel like that quote was more about Joanne than it was about Potter. But or, or it, it it informed me more about her than that it did about Harry. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh on to chapter four. Boom. The leaky cauldron. The leaky cauldron. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I'm so excited. I love this chapter. Oh, that's great. Okay, so what happens in The Leaky Cauldron? The what Leaky happens? Cauldron. <laughs> You're welcome. Mm, great. Um, Excellent. So in this chapter, this is the lamest synopsis ever. I'm terribly sorry for it. <laughs> Harry freely roams Diagon Alley for weeks until he bumps into Ron and Hermione in the last day, on the last day before he heads to school. I mean, that's, that's accurate. It's what happens. Yeah, I mean... It's, it's the, the, the joy of this chapter 100% is just like the random world building that's happening right <laughs> and left that does nothing for the plot but no, no. it's just I I feel the same wonderful like overly stimulated feeling that I that I experienced when I went to Harry Potter world <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah like I just that that like Harry wished he had eight more eyes that yeah, that yeah, feeling, yeah. but for three weeks, Harry wished he had eight more eyes. It's great. It's a very good thing to um, they they bring up money and how he like has to like limit himself. Like, just because I have money, I have to make this last like all four years or six years or whatever of school. And kind of in my head, I'm like, and the rest of your life. But okay, okay, no, that's fine. <laughs> uh, he's gonna get a job, you know. Yeah, but it seems like he's sitting on a veritable fortune, like. You could make it last quite a while. I mean, but, you could blowing it in seven years would sure be fun. <laughs> sure be good. <laughs> no, it was fun though. The stores were great. Uh, the bookshop. The oh, bookstore was man. my favorite. It stole the show for sure. Oh. What's the name of the bookstore? Um, Flourish and Blots. Flourish and Blots. They must have something like that at Harry Potter World, right? Uh yes, yes. And I got ice cream at at Florian <laughs> Fortescue's. Fortescue. Bless you. Ice cream emporium. Mm. And I, I asked you this in the pre-show, but what's different about wizard ice cream? Anything? It's just, I mean, it's it's wizard flavors. There's there's a butterbeer oh. flavor. And I mean, Earl Grey isn't necessarily wizard flavor. It's just very British. Yeah. But. I saw a thing come up on my Facebook feed that Starbucks has like a, a unicorn type drink that like changes color, apparently. I've also heard that like it it looks absolutely terrible in real life. Like the pictures, it's like oh, it's like four different beautiful bright spring colors, and then you actually get it, and you're like, it has become gray. I am become gray, destroyer of drinks, and <laughs> and my soul, <laughs> and my soul. So we'll see. Maybe they just uh, had to iron some stuff out in like the beta phase of the drink, and maybe they maybe they did iron it out. But it kind of made me think of something Harry Potter-like, because you just look at it and you're like, yeah, unicorn drink. This is magical. Yeah. Yeah. I I would be skeptical of that. I think a proper unicorn drink, I mean, really, mm-hmm. 
unicorns are, are just bright white. So mm. Mm. like a steamer would be pretty darn close, actually. A steamer. That's just steamed milk and flavor, yeah, I right? I know. It's boring. Mm-hmm. I, Did you just <laughs> ask me what a steamer is? <laughs> I, I was exposition bodying for the listeners. Oh, okay? I'm like, you worked at a coffee shop. <laughs> I know what a steamer is. I'm just helping the people out. I, I would have people at the coffee shop be like, can I get like a a steamer, but like cold? And I'm like, yeah, so like vanilla milk. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, people yeah, I guess. That? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And they'd be like, can I have like a like a chocolate steamer, but cold? And I'm like, chocolate milk? <laughs> Because it was way, it was way cheaper to charge just like for a cup of milk with flavor in it. It was like two dollars and twenty five cents, two fifty or something like that. But a steamer was like over three dollars because you know coffee shops. So yeah, just be like, yeah, that's that's milk with the flavor. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna do it that way because come on. I so, uh, yeah. There are a couple coffee shops in town that whenever I try to order one of my favorite winter drinks of a, a white chocolate steamer, mm. they try to sell me white hot white hot chocolate. I mean, that's kind of the same it, But thing. white hot chocolate is way richer. And it's like, no, there's so much more sugar and crap in that. I I want literally, you know, milk Just, and some white chocolate flavoring. Yeah, like the amount of white chocolate flavoring you would put in a... In a steamer, in, not in, in a, a chocolate. In another, yeah. in a similar, yeah, sixteen ounce beverage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, I don't know how we got off on the subject. I'm sorry. No, 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 it's okay. There's a, there's a gas station coffee at the gas station that I go to before work sometimes, or even like on my lunch break, and they now have Twix flavored Ooh, cappuccinos. Yeah, but it actually has like little little cookie chunks that you'll discover sometimes. <laughs> It's real interesting. I was not expecting it the first time. I thought that like some some propolis or like beeswax got in my mug somehow because I was I was scraping wax, but nope, it was just little chunks of cookie. I'm pretty pretty much anti chunky beverage. Yeah, no, like I am too. Boba tea, not not my jam. Oh, oh, who was I talking about tapioca pearls with? Oh, my buddy Austin in our show, Twenty Minutes of Manter. Not our show. I always try and take over that show. You do. And the show, 20 Minutes of Banter. It's good to hear you say it. It's The first step is admitting, admitting your problem. <laughs> no, I keep telling Dan, I'm like, I, my whole thing is I like to add order to chaos. And 20 Minutes of Banter is my white whale. It's the definition of chaos. Yeah, it's, it's utter chaos. So I just get on there and I try and add structure. And yeah, so help me. <laughs> anyway, Twix coffee. Tastes great. Way too sweet. Chunky. Mm, five out of ten how how often do you cave and get the twix coffee uh twice this week already why it's tuesday if it's a five out of ten why bother Uh, because usually it's like a three out of ten so Uh, brutal and i just haven't been sleeping well so it's like i need coffee and i can go to like a coffee shop and pay three or four dollars or i can go to a gas station and pay less than two so yeah. Get what you pay for. Yeah. <laughs> Five out of ten. Mm, mm. Anyway. Anyway. Um, wizarding food. That's how we got there. <laughs> Thank Uni- you. Unicorn Starbucks. <sighs> um, so Terry does his homework in the broad daylight of the ice cream parlor and gets a free Sunday every half hour. How does that That kid work? is going to go to school as Jeez. Dudley Dursley. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> like, he's He's probably going to get way past Neville Longbottom and just move on to... Some, yeah what 
What kind of place does that? What kind of business model is that? Uh, a, a business that's like Harry Potter hangs out at my shop. And if I tell everyone in Diagon Alley, <laughs> they too will come to my shop just to see Harry Potter. That's true. Not very conducive to study. It's marketing, study. man. Yeah. It was nice, though. It's nice to see this payoff of Harry actually getting to do his homework. And getting cared for. Like It, yeah. it sort of seems like he, uh, he settles in and becomes... A, a regular in Diagon Alley, and that's mm-hmm. that's uh, I I, I get a, a a sort of uh vicarious comfort in that yeah. of of he becomes a local. Yeah, I'm actually glad he didn't go to the borough or anything like that. I wasn't sure how, where he was going to go, but Diagon Alley is I I couldn't have pictured anything better. It's way know? more interesting than yeah. him going somewhere we know better we like we we know what it looks like for harry to stay at the bur- borough this is the first time mm-hmm. harry stays at diagon alley mm-hmm. and so we get to learn new things i love it <laughs> i do want to talk about what i am dubbing as chekhov's broom which is the firebolt mm. <laughs> which is uh the chekhov's part we've, we've talked about in previous podcasts right, but, right yep if we see it that means it's gonna matter especially if it's seen with such prominence and they're like ooh. Ooh, and there's kids, you know, Ooh, fogging up at, the window, looking at this Look way. at that firebolt. Yeah. He's so pretty. And he goes and looks at it every day. Every day. And he wants it so bad. So now it's a question of, how will Harry get the firebolt by the end of this book? How was, will Harry get the firebolt? How will he? Will he how? And <laughs> could it be Hagrid? Mm? Mm? Could it be McGonagall? Could it be Sirius Black? Mm. Who knows? Who knows? It's season three. It's 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 anarchy. I want you to answer that question. <laughs> How do you think he's going to get the fireball? Oh, he'll probably just buy it or something. I don't know. How is he going to get it? I, <sighs> you can't just raise the question and then like breeze by it like nothing. <laughs> I offered some suggestions. Uh, yeah, but I want to know what you think. I think he'll probably cave and buy it. Um, but it could be gifted to him by a mysterious benefactor. <laughs> trying to manipulate him and it turns out that it's cursed it could be anything really Ooh, eyebrow raise Ooh, eyebrow raise that's nice that means i'm onto something last time you oh, I, I love the notion of mysterious benefactor because we've seen that already mysterious mm-hmm. benefactor Mm-hmm. and we've seen the it could be cursed yeah yeah like like her, I mean, she... hermione freaks out about the uh, about where where is this so yeah so he would take the bait i mean if someone gave him a cursed broom he would just be so excited that he had a firebolt that it wouldn't even matter he would he would definitely get on it and fly around and then you know die (sighs) so chekhov's broom chekhov's firebolt what do you think i'm workshopping that i like chekhov's broom okay cool. because you don't say chekhov's glock no no chekhov's PP7. You ever play a Goldeneye? James Bond? Mm, I have some energy tonight. What is <laughs> what's going on? I'm, I'm most of the way through my seltzer here. I had a kombucha today. Mm-hmm. That also goes in the realm of mm. chunky drinks. What? Booch is too much for you, huh? Yeah. Can't get your booch on? Oh, oh. man. Well, you kind of have to uh you have to shift the sediment. You can't you can't shake the sediment. You can't really agitate the sediment. I would prefer sediment free. Mm. It's it's not for me. You're not going to win this. Mm. 
what if I attach some like cool wizard name to it? Nope. Veronica's vinegar drinks. Ugh, Emporium. I, ugh, ugh. Mm. I don't like the vinegar either. Your choice. It's a living beverage. I don't know. It's a it's a good thing. Yeah. Whew, gas station coffee and kombucha. My body is very confused right now. <laughs> But it is a live, let me tell you. <laughs> so um, Harry is just sitting doing his homework at at Florian Fortescue's Ice Cream Emporium, mm. and Harry and Ron and Hermione spot him on yeah. the last day and come over, and Harry's all excited and they they like they're like we were looking for you everywhere we couldn't find you. <laughs> <laughs> and he's mm. like, I've already had my school books for three weeks. So many weeks. Uh, over it. <laughs> <laughs> Buying your school supplies is so three weeks ago. <laughs> but um, then my favorite moment, I think, in this whole chapter was when they're like 10 minutes into talking and Ron then pulls Scabbers out of his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, been there the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and in that moment, I realized that Ron is that kind of, kind of awkward, like creepy. Once was homeschooled, but mm. now is in public school. Kid on the bus that everybody tries not to sit by, but you just uncomfortably ended up sitting by because it was the last seat. And then he pulls his rat out, and you're like, "Why? Why am I sitting next to this kid?" Yeah, he's kind of the weird kid that that runs to every class between classes and. <laughs> has like the Naruto headband, which is, which is fine. You know, the people are people. They're great. They hang out by the library. Uh, just why? They have various amounts of oil on their faces and that's fine. Why keep your rat in your pocket? Mm. Like, aren't you checked into the leaky cauldron? Can't Scabbers just hang out there? Scabbers loves him a good pocket, I guess. Which I sort of wonder because then they went to oh, the, the Magical, the magical Menagerie yeah. and maybe his plan all along was I need to go get this rat checked out. Yeah, but I have a strange feeling that rat's in there quite a bit. Which leads me to wonder, like, is it, it a magical self-cleaning pocket? Because rats, uh, they do things that leave things that can be <laughs> deemed harmful. And hantavirus, I don't know if wizards can cure that. But either way, self-cleaning pockets would be great. <laughs> I would lose a lot of change, but... That would be another uh, another mad, you know, muggle artif- artifact that mm-hmm. Mr. Weasley would have to confiscate from you yeah yeah absolutely because it would probably start cleaning itself and then make a black hole (laughs) we've established that there are bags of holding in the harry potter world right uh i could have sworn we did that uh i'm trying to think Mm, i thought hmm, at some point they made it so you could marry poppins one of the bags i thought hmm anyway i feel like there was something yeah, well, listeners, if you know, then tweet us at WordStarPod. Uh, was it one of Lockhart's things? Maybe. Oh, no, 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 no. It was the sorting hat. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which made me very happy mm-hmm. because we needed some sort of bag of holding. I mean, it, it's not a proper yeah. bag of holding at this point. Yeah, but we but need something like that. the logic now exists. Yeah, yeah. Bigger so. on the inside. We need that logic to exist because it is a fantasy world and that is a problem that needs to be solved in every fantasy world. How do they carry stuff everywhere so the feather curse is another way to do it make it a little bit lighter but it requires a lot of concentration that's short term just make a big holding and i mean have you ever wandered around with like a very big yet feather light box it's still awkward still Still cumbersome still awkward (laughs) and you know they kind of fix that with the the elves and lord of the rings where it's like oh just everything the elves make is super lightweight isn't that convenient you know 
And humans don't have anything like that, but humans kind of suck in that world. So there you go. <laughs> Good stuff. So, so so they go to the Magical Menagerie, and Ron is attacked by a cat. Yeah, good old Crookshanks. And then Hermione proceeds to buy that cat. <laughs> Those two are so cute. They really are. Just their friendship is, is, is great. I ship that friendship. I ship it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I struggled with Ron this chapter a little bit. Well, Ron sucks every chapter. But that, that's because he, like, aggressively... I mean, he's very protective of Scabbers, which I I respect. But yeah, he's, yeah. he's kind of... Uh, oh, what was it? Hermione is thinking about buying a gift for her... Buying something for herself. And she's mm-hmm. saying, like, I don't know. I still have this money left over for my birthday. I, I want to get myself something. And Ron cracks a joke about, how about a nice book? <laughs> Good one, Ron. And it's just... Pretty funny. How about a nice Hawaiian punch, sir? <laughs> like, like, yeah, Hermione likes books, but it's it's the same thing as Harry expecting his gift for, from Hermione to be a book, yep, and like yep. they have reduced her to books. Mm. Do you ever feel like you've been backed into that corner? Mm. Uh, <laughs> this is no deeper than I expected. I'm sorry. No, I don't okay. think so. Okay, because uh, while I am probably the most I am more like Hermione than I am like anyone else in this series. Either that or Molly Weasley. I might be like Molly Weasley. Mm. Um I am not Hermione. I am not encyclopedic knowledge of everything. And I think people know that. Yeah. <laughs> They're catching on. I, I I think I'm not good enough at having encyclopedic knowledge of things. <laughs> and so people might think really early on oh she's books and then they learn really fast no she's not good at just books <laughs> you do have a good memory though i'll tell you that and uh so do mr and mrs weasley because they just like spout off all this information oh my gosh they're the mm. worst exposition bots mm, real bad they're so bad i really wanted to go through and and maybe i'll just do this because i'm a nerd <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Um, I won't do it here because I, it would take a little bit of thought. But I wanted to go through and just, like, cross out all of the lines that, that Miss, like, Mr. Weasley says that Mr. that Mrs. Weasley would already know. Yeah, and that Mrs. Yeah. Weasley says, but that Mr. Weasley would already know. As you know, Bob. And, and just... Sirius Black is a big deal. Pare it down mm. to, like, the barest of, this is what their conversation actually would be if they were looking at each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and it's it's it would probably be half the length that it is. Hmm. They've been into the Forbidden Forest twice, Molly. <laughs> you certainly don't know this. You, the woman who sent twice. our son a howler last year. Twice, Molly. <laughs> like, Didn't you know, Molly? The great disciplinarian that is Molly Weasley. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I my eyes kind of glazed over when I read that part. Not gonna lie. So, um. Oh, we're not done talking about the cat and stuff, though. Did you have more to say about Crookshanks? Not really, that? other no. than, like... Big cat, ugly cat. Giant, ugly cat that Hermione loves, mm. and it's hilarious to me. She would be a cat person. She would be. An annoying cat person, too. I am surprised that she is swayed away from the very practical notion of an owl, though. Yeah, owls make way more sense, but the school has owls. If she the needs school an owl. has owls, but... Like, she had the experience that summer of, I want to send Harry a gift. Mm, mm-hmm. I don't know how to get it to him. Yeah. 
and then Hedwig appeared. It's probably not going to be that lucky every time you need to send. Oh, Hedwig's kind of an awesome bird. Yeah, but Harry's not the only person she's going to have to mail in her lifetime. That's true. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. I think she'll maybe she'll get an owl eventually. Can you have more than one? Uh, I think one at Hogwarts, but when you graduate, the world is your oyster. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Funny cat though, big cat. Aggressive cat, cat that really liked chasing rats. Mm. Magical litter boxes? Question mark. Statement. Oh, I'm sure. Magical litter boxes. I'm sure. Mm. Yeah, nobody's scooping poop in Hogwarts. Well, well, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? That'd be a good uh, disciplinary. She lesson. certainly didn't walk out with like cat food. That was another thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> Lots of mice at Hogwarts. Lots of snakes and spiders, too, apparently. Oh, I bet. Mm. Giant snakes. Remember remember Dumbledore, who he just gushes over for the last, like, two pages of this chapter? Oh, Dumbledore. Oh, he's truly the greatest. Put him with Dumbledore. I, I still... We talked about this in the pre-show, but, like, yeah, Dumbledore, the one who literally didn't know a giant snake, giant snake, was living in the walls of Hogwarts for, like, 50 years. He's just like, um, I don't know, something. There must be somebody breaking it. Like, come on. <sighs> Dumbledore still hasn't done magic. Harry's barely done magic. The number of spells that Harry's done on purpose that were successful, <laughs> pretty limited. And not to say they haven't happened, but like, man, for a book about wizards and for a book that just gushes about Dumbledore and all that, mm, Dumbledore's props and and the stuff that Dumbledore has gathered over the years has become far more useful than any particular spell. I think I think Dumbledore's true value isn't isn't necessarily his magical prowess, mm. but his ability to read people and read a situation. Yeah. I think he's very good at that. I don't think he often acts once he actually reads the situation. Yeah, he's like, "Man, Harry's definitely not telling me something really important." Oh well. <laughs> lemon meringue it's it's yeah it's this funny thing and he still doesn't know how to set up vision wards to patrol things and uh, mm, mm. he's so, no gandalf tell you that uh one thing that we do learn from from that terrible exposition bot experience um is from mr weasley mm. that Sirius black is after harry yeah that's kind of important right yeah yeah do you do you buy it uh yeah because, I mean, they get it from, like, him mumbling in his cell that he's at Hogwarts. He's at Hogwarts. So they, like, they're connecting some dots to get there. Yeah. I mean, who else is at Hogwarts? Um, Dumbledore. Snape. Mm, Hagrid. Mm. <laughs> the next defense against the Dark Arts teacher. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Probably that. Probably that. <laughs> It's probably just going to be freaking Sirius Black, and they're going to be like, well, he took the job. <laughs> sure, he's running from Azban Bards, but, you know, he didn't request a we pay raise. We ran out of applicants. <laughs> what do you want? Sirius Black, sure, sure, man, sure. Just don't, just avoid the third floor corridor, and we'll be good. <laughs> Did you see the, I, I think, I don't know if it was Oscar that sent us this or not. Hi, Oscar, been a while. But uh, <laughs> the thing where it's like, as Dumbledore is talking about the third floor corridor. Um, there's like a screenshot from the movie, and it's like all the kids look really sad, and Harry's just giving this look of like, what? <laughs> like, 
what do you mean? And they're like, of course, Harry's the only one who's like hearing this thing about like, if you go to the third floor, you will die a violent, painful death. And Harry's like, uh, what? Say what now? <laughs> and all the other kids are like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess I won't do that. Like, oh, that's it. that does sound like a bad idea. Yeah. I guess I won't go there. Yeah. And Harry's just like the only one with a quizzical look on his face. Anyway, I love that. Uh, <laughs> but is Sirius Black coming for Harry Potter? Well, that would make for a compelling story. But it also makes for a pretty spoon-fed narrative. And if there's one thing I've learned about Joanne, she likes to throw those curveballs, especially as the uh, as the story goes on and we get further in. So, no, no, that's a, that's a bit underhand. Uh, if that is the case, then that's only going to be a small part of this of a of a larger narrative. So yeah, maybe he's coming for Harry, but maybe for different reasons, and maybe not to kill him, maybe just to get information or something. So I don't know. Like you said, making a lot of assumptions. I mean, Mr. Weasley is more well-informed than most, but yeah, I even was... Cornelius doesn't really know what's going on. So, yeah. Do you think? Do you think? Uh, who do you think's right, Mr. Weasley, who wants to tell Harry, or Mrs. Weasley, who doesn't want to tell Harry? Mm, Mr. Weasley, because Harry's not one to live under a rock anyway. I, I think just more information the better. They found that like if Harry doesn't isn't given information he's just going to be nosy and find it out anyway like just just, he's going to figure it out anyway just save him the trouble save him the invisibility cloak chapter of him sneaking around and just tell the guy like and and do tell him this is just something we've heard it's unverified we're not really sure but also a buddy system please i don't i don't think they understand not verified (laughs) That's a very good point. <laughs> I don't think the Wizarding World operates on not verified. I heard it. It's verified. Mm-hmm. It's heard it through the grapevine, right? Or Marvin Gaye style. <laughs> mm. So, Mister Weasley, how about you? Do I do I think they should tell him? I think. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, the fact that Harry's eavesdropping right now and listening, like yeah. Mister Weasley, hits the nail on the head of he's gonna wander around and find it out anyway and yeah he might like actually want to then take action take matter and matters into his own hands but if you actually give the kid information Mm -hmm. and help him understand how they're pursuing this guy too maybe he won't feel the need yeah or, or maybe, maybe he'll or maybe he'll feel he has an adult he can actually talk to about it when he finds out information. What? Because he is smart enough to figure a lot of the things out before any of the adults in the room. Yeah. And maybe he's already defeated Voldemort three times, but twice actively. So maybe have a little faith in this kid. I mean, yeah, and that's that's not to say he's 13 years old and therefore a fully grown adult and well-adjusted, but I think like, he he they try way too hard to keep that kid in the dark. Yeah. And it's never paid off. No. It's it's hurt them more than helped them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hindsight, people. Yeah, use it. Use it. <laughs> Don't drink a kombucha and a gas station coffee within the same like two-hour period. So uh, the I think the last thing that I really wanted to talk about in this chapter mm-hmm. is the talking mirror. The talking mirror, the which talking we see. The talking mirror. <laughs> I thought we saw it at the end of chapter three, but I guess not. No, end of chapter four and like midway through chapter four. Okay, yeah. Um, where it, it like he tries to, uh, or, uh, yeah, at the beginning. 
It might have been at the end of chapter three, actually, mm. when he goes into his room and he like tries to mat down his bangs. Yeah, again, yeah, and um, and the mirror says like, ah, that's a hopeless case, dear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then at the very end, where he's like, ah, what did he say? I should have written this down. But the mirror is essentially like. Yeah, that's the spirit, kid. Like, I am not going to be murdered, Harry said out loud. That's the spirit, dear, said his mirror <laughs> sleepily. <laughs> sleepily. I love that. I love that. I read that and I'm like, this is fun. This is fun. I, I think it's definitely another death omen type thing for sure. It's not a good sign at all. Uh, does it talk about what that is? Does it say it's a death omen? I could have sworn. What? The mirror talking to him. Was that approached yet? The the fact that the mirror talked to him? Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's just a part of the room. It's an amenity in the in the leaky cauldron. Oh really? Yeah. That's it? I think that's all it is. Oh, I thought he was like cursed somehow or something like that. Or no. he had he had this omen over him that would just make his reflection talk back. No. Huh, that's the amenity. Huh. Yeah, I think it's just like y- you you rent a night at the leaky cauldron and you're maybe going somewhere and you need some advice on whether you look okay and the mm-hmm. mirror tells you whether you look okay what would you like the mirror to say to you say you're like getting ready for the night and you know, you're kind of dolled up a bit and you look in the mirror what would you want it to say you look fabulous darling or uh, i'm really bad at compliments for going out mm, like mm. i don't know have you seen have you seen the commercial i don't remember what it, it's it's mm. two women in an elevator and one of them's like doing one of the like big power poses and the other girls over there like you're killing it you're gonna do great yes those numbers are right like <laughs> and like and then like the door opens and then she like sort of like pulls her hands down yeah. and like buttons her jacket and everything and her friend's like because you're killing it <laughs> <laughs> i haven't seen it but i love it oh my gosh it's so great i love it so much so mm-hmm. like i guess some of that maybe yeah, yeah. i'm just like you know the the stuff that i have a hard time buying mm-hmm that I need someone else to sort of reaffirm. Oh, what is the name of Leslie Nope's like best friend, the nurse? Um, Ann Perkins. Ann Perkins. <laughs> yeah. Like, be, you just need an Ann Perkins mirror. It's just kind of got your back, you know? Right. Ann Perkins is a nurse, right? I'm not yes. making that up. Yes. Okay. My favorite Ann Perkins moment is Leslie tells her, like, I need you to text me every minute <laughs> to tell me that it's going to be okay. And then, like, she gives her five other tasks, tasks and and Anne runs away. And she runs away typing. <laughs> and Leslie's talking to someone else. And then, like, 30 seconds later, her phone pings. And she's like, oh, what? Thank you, Anne. <laughs> like, it's like, she is on it. <laughs> you uh, need a text every minute telling you it's going to be okay. I will text you every minute to tell you it's going to be okay. Their friendship is the best friendship. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, we're so sidetracked. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um, um, but the thing that I wanted, I wanted to alcoholic. say about the talking mirror uh-huh. was remember a handy little piece of wisdom from Mr. Weasley. Mm. Don't ever trust a thing. Oh. That you don't know where it keeps its brain. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And as soon as that started talking, I was like, hold up. You don't, I don't know where that thing's brain is. <laughs> Why do we trust that? Why is that? I, just I don't trust the talking mirror, though. Cute I and funny. Honestly, thought it was like an evil, cursed thing. I thought he was just like legit cursed. Huh. Yeah. I thought he just had this kind of evil uh, demon, but with an AE thing just kind of hovering over him that just like 
you know, because it, it's not really encouraging. And I, I hint at like a tone of malice from the mirror when it's like, yeah, that's the spirit kid. Just keep saying everything's going to be just fine. Like, you know, kind of that weird, okay, yeah, everything's going to be fine. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I guess I just read it in a different tone. Yeah, totally. Mm, mm. Let me mm. let me find the other, the first mirror. Isn't there a Harry Potter, like the cursed child? No, that's the play. That's the play. Yeah. Mm. Where is it? Was it the end of chapter three? Really? I think it was. I don't think so. Oh, there we go. On page... 54 to 55. Okay. Where he's talking to the his reflection, and he says, it can't have been a death omen. I was panicking when I saw that thing in Magnolia Crescent. It was probably just a stray dog. He raised his hand automatically and tried to make his hair lie flat. Quote, you're fighting a losing battle there, dear, said his mirror in a wheezy voice. Yeah, sounds a bit menacing, right? <laughs> I think I sort of read it like this. You're fighting a losing battle there, dear. Like... <laughs> Huh. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. It's, yeah. I've never felt threatened by that line. It's just the mirror seems to know a bit more than he does. That's all. Well, when you say you're fighting a losing battle there, mm-hmm. do you think it's talking about the death omen? I think it's talking about him trying to not think about the death omen. I think it's talking about him trying to flatten his hair. I mean, <laughs> on one level... <laughs> but also on the next level, like that transition did not seem like coincidence to me. Oh, it totally. It's like he's thinking and his mind is racing and he's just like, as his mind is racing, he's doing this. And the mirror is like, yeah, nice try, kid. I don't know. I don't know. Mm, we're getting so off topic. This I'm time sorry. Around. No, 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 no. I'm a, it's season three and but I have the, my, this new energy, Alyssa. My, uh, I, I just was so struck by that. Like, I don't know where that thing keeps its brain. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that okay? Yeah. Why is that okay? But a talking diary isn't. Maybe there's a compartment under the sink where you can see its brain. <laughs> you know, it's like a hotel. All sorts of mysteries. <sighs> so what were your favorite chapters? Or, whoa, favorite. Uh, yeah, what are your favorite chapters from this chapter? This What's chapter. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's also <laughs> my favorite chapter from this chapter. How about quotes? My favorite quote was on page 62. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's when Harry bumps into the rest of the Weasleys, particularly Percy. And um, Percy goes to shake his hand and, and Harry <laughs> shakes his hand and tries not to laugh. And then per- <laughs> Percy says, I hope you're well. Said Percy pompously, shaking hands. It was rather like being introduced to the mayor. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it's just in in two lines. It is the clearest characterization of Percy that you could get, and I love it. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> and I love that Harry Harry's not buying it, and <laughs> and you just get so much attitude in such a in such an economic little phrase there. So oh, Percy, always <laughs> good for a laugh. Yeah, it's. And I know people like this too. You know, you've got to know someone who's just like you're. Like, who are you trying to impress here? You know. But those are the same people that actually like go on into government and stuff. So good for them. I can never do that. Way too much dirt. Way too much dirt on me. My favorite. Just beekeeping dirt, right? Beekeeping dirt. <laughs> beekeeping propolis. Like mud from the fields. Llama <laughs> mm. mud. Because this is the llama podcast. You have to remember that. Mm. Anyway, my favorite quote. Ah, page 58. Yes, 58. It's my rat, he told the witch. He's been a bit off color ever since I brought him back from Egypt. Bang him on the counter, <laughs> said the witch, pulling a pair of heavy black spectacles out of her pockets. And then he did, and they talked about the mice who were like skipping rope with their tails and stuff like that. And I, I just love that thing, but she's like, bang him on the counter. <laughs> just like, there were There were a lot of... Um, Double entendres in that scene. Of, yeah, it's. I don't remember. There was another one that I was like, "There are so many that's what she says in here that that's that's not good. It's that just, good. It's a funny chapter. Oh. I, you can tell she had a lot of fun with that, and the editor is just like, "Yeah, you know what? Sure." I swear, J.K. Rowling gets to Diagon Alley, and she just like the plot doesn't really matter. I'm just going to. <laughs> create a world and she just has fun yeah and it's yeah fun to read it's just so much fun and like you said these chapters are usually a bit longer which is part of why we're going over today too there's just so much so much but it's all fun i like the mice that are like skipping rope and he's just looking down at scabbers and scabbers is like i don't know (laughs) he's like show off show off (laughs) i poop in a pocket that cleans itself so i guess there's that I guess any mouse can do that. Bless Ron's heart for for not wanting a cooler rat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, he he's protective of scabbers, mm-hmm. and that that's sweet in its own right. I don't know if it's maybe um, a knee jerk reaction to I can't really afford these rats or whatever. Yeah, but like loves loves that rat long enough to have kept it alive an absurd number of years. Which gets me thinking, so you know how there are names like Ethel or maybe Gretchen, where it's like, it makes sense for old people, but to imagine a baby with that name, kind of weird, right? Like Earl or something like that, where it's like, yeah, you you hear that name and you just kind of assume that it's someone with a mustache over 50 or whatever. I feel like Scabbers is kind of one of those names where it's like Scabbers makes sense for this like old mangy kind of dusty rat. But if you get like a brand new mouse that's smart and is jumping rope and you call it Scabbers... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I could see Scabbers as kind of like a cutting edge. Like, he's scrappy and cool. He's Scabbers with the Z. Yeah. Yeah, Scabber on, Scabber bro. Me and my, I'm going to grab my, I was trying to come up with some kind of like a skater equivalent. Like a Scabber board? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Scab on, young bro. And pop on my Vans. It's going to be great. Man, we are so relevant, Alyssa. (laughs) I'm, I'm... probably irrelevant mm, let's be honest mm. for more of these fun antics you can always find more of our shows at secretwarpenproductions.com of course uh this was a fun episode this I feel was fun like, uh, i had fun yeah yeah 
Um, if you guys want have any response to anything, um, I'm trying to think of any questions to ask. Mm. Mm. What kind of pet would you get, guys? Yeah. And, and what fake name would you give to mm. Stan on the night bus? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the Neville Longbottom thing cracked me up so much. So much. So funny. Yeah. What name would you give? What kind of pet would you buy? And would you buy the Firebolt? Would you? Would you? I think there are a lot of people who would love to, but I don't mm. think they can afford it. Price on request. Mm. That's that's you went to the fancy restaurant where they don't put the price on the menu. Yeah. Like if you need to ask, you can't afford it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You, you're going to lose a kidney yeah. in order to pay for that. Mm. <laughs> or a liver if it's a hag restaurant. That's right. Or a child. <laughs> or a child's liver. They really don't expand on that at all. This chapter. You have to look it up. Anyway, um, we would love to hear from you. So feel free to tweet at us at WordstruckPod or shoot us an email at WordstruckPodcast at gmail.com. Or now we are on Instagram. What? Which what? That's Pi- not really a great place for you to communicate with Pictures us, for an but- audio thing. <laughs> we do it, though, and it's funny. It's but good. we're there, and yeah, it's check fun. Yeah, it out. So, um, or you can reach out to anyone in the Secret Weapon Productions family at Weaponize Me on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Mm. We check that one. Mm-hmm. Dan checks that one. Um, I'm Adelissa Small. That's I'm Matt Clark Hodges. Hey, guys. And we had fun with you. So thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>